0: Wikipedia defines living in exile as to be forced away from one's home or comfort while not being allowed or permitted to return to what they knew or loved. That kind of defines our lives over the past several months while living with this pandemic. And on today's A Critical Faith podcast, Pastor Sue Collar from First Presbyterian Church in Lincoln takes us to the book of Isaiah to show us how a group of people dealt with life in exile and how that applies to us today. So Isaiah chapter 40 is a pivotal chapter in the book of Isaiah. The earlier portion of the book placed heavy emphasis on God's judgment of God's people. They ignored the needs of those who were the most vulnerable in their society. They put their trust in other nations and not in God. And God had a word of judgment for them. And we hear a lot of that in the first part of the book of Isaiah. As punishment for those sins, the northern nation of Israel was decimated by Assyria and pretty much erased. From the land. About 140 years later, the southern nation of Judah was captured by Babylon, and all but the poorest of the poor were taken off into exile in Babylon. Chapter 40 announces redemption. It announces that the time of punishment is over, and God is about to lead them home.
1: Oh, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out, and I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass, their constancy is like the flower of the field, the grass Withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep.
0: Well, I'm just going to put it out there. I had hoped we would be worshiping in person here today. You know, the last time we worshiped together in this sanctuary was March 15th, six months ago. When all of this COVID business kind of started up, we took a break from worshiping in person, and there were some who had hoped we would be back together in Easter in April. And then we were thinking, well, maybe Pentecost in June, maybe we'll be able to come back together then. And, and we had some conversations about that here, but then Pentecost came and went. And by then, we realized that realistically, we just needed to plan on virtual worship throughout the summer. And then maybe today, we could be back together in this sanctuary and worshiping together. Well where are you right now? You're accessing this with the TV and the computer. I don't see you sitting here in the sanctuary with me. In mid-August, we actually were somewhat optimistic that we would be able to have some form of regathering by now, even if it was just a few people joining us for the recording of worship. We hit a low of about six cases per 100,000 people in Lancaster County, the middle of of August. Things were moving in the right direction. We were optimistic, but last Sunday that number skyrocketed to almost 24 cases per 100,000. Believe me when I say we all long to be back together here in worship, but like so many churches we are wondering when that's going to happen. And we're also wondering when it does come, what is it going to look like? because. We know it's not gonna look like it did. Now we wait. We wait for the all clear to come back to worship. Meanwhile, we're adapting to a new normal. We're all wearing our masks, we're keeping our distance, we're not going out as much. As I was thinking about all this uh, in preparation for today's sermon, I, I had to do a little bit of processing of my own disappointment that we still aren't able to come back together and worship. But as I was thinking about that, I realized that we are very much going through a time of exile, not completely unlike what the people of God did when they were in exile in Babylon. You see, when they were in exile in Babylon, they also hoped their exile would be very short-lived, that God would destroy Babylon and that God would lead them home, back to Jerusalem, back to their homes, back to the life they had left. But that didn't happen, and they gradually got used to life in Babylon. By the time the all-clear was finally sounded, 70 years later, by the way, I am hoping we aren't dealing with this 70 years from now, but by the time that all-clear was sounded, not everyone wanted to leave Babylon and go back to Jerusalem. They were quite comfortable in this new normal that had become their life. As we read through the book of isaiah we almost see a cajoling and a pleading on the part of the prophet to try to get god's people to leave babylon and go back home i'll be honest there's been some concern raised here among the leadership of our own church about whether we are going to have that similar challenge when that all clear is finally given there are some who worry that you will have gotten so used to worshiping online at your own convenience that as long as we continue to offer online worship, you're probably not going to come back into this space at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. I am not worried about that. I actually have no concerns about that at all because church is more than worship, it's a community of faith, it is relationships, it's growing together, it's serving together, it's making a difference together. And as good as online worship is, there are some things about church that just can't be translated over fiber optics. I'm realistic to know enough to know that you will probably trickle back in. Everybody's not going to come back the first Sunday we can, but I know that you know the church is more than just worship. So while I'm not worried about that, I do care about how we are using this time and how we are weathering this waiting time. And I find some hope and comfort and encouragement in Isaiah's words because Isaiah affirms to the people of God who are often exile that God is not absent from them. I know many feel right now that God may be absent. They may feel quite alone right now, especially those who are not able to access our online community. But God is never absent, even in exile. Isaiah declares that God has not forgotten us. God sees our heart. God hears our cries. God rejoices with us at the birth of a child. God grieves with us at the death of a loved one. God is with us no matter where we are. And wherever God is, there is love, there is hope, and there is life. Because of that, the prophet Jeremiah, who preached and worked about the same time that that southern nation of Judah was being carted off to Babylon in exile, he declared this word from God. While you are in exile... Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat the produce. Have children, get married, have grandchildren, and seek the welfare of the city where you are. Because in its welfare, you will find your own. Jeremiah knew this was not going to be short-lived, but he also knew that God was with them and that they could flourish even in exile. I know we long to return to what was. That's not where we are right now. We are right here. We are in exile in the midst of a pandemic, wearing our masks, keeping our distances, and worshiping online. That's the reality. That's where we are right now. But we are still God's people. We are still a community of faith. So the question I have for all of us is, Are we allowing ourselves to fully embrace the possibilities of where we are, even in a pandemic? Are we celebrating what God is doing, even in these strange times, because God is active? Are we finding new ways of being community when we can't be together in the same room the way we're used to? Are we growing? Are we contributing to the health and well-being of the larger community around us during this pandemic? I've told a few people that as hard as this pandemic is on us, and it is, this pandemic has given our church a remarkable opportunity. It has forced us to find new ways of worshiping together. And in doing so, we have had people worship with us from across the country. We have had some of our own members who've been unable to join us on a Sunday morning, join us in worship online. We have found new ways to build community through letters and phone calls and porch visits and online fellowship. We've even been exploring new ways of being in partnership with our mission partners, asking them what's changed for you and how can we be a support to you during this time. I think I told you a few weeks ago our Sudanese worship is reaching people all the way around the world. And our Zoom communion has given us a really unique opportunity to bond. Our shift task force, which has been leading the church, envisioning the future God is calling us to, has been joking that in a weird way, this pandemic has forced us to do what we have not been able to do on our own. You you might remember uh, back in the fall, we talked about as a church taking a, a sabbatical, a Sabbath, from all of our activities because we, we were tired, we were doing so much, people were having to show up at so many things that we were tired, we needed a break. And we also needed to step back from what we were doing so we had space to see where God is leading us next as opposed to just continuing to do what we've always done. We failed miserably, I don't even need one hand to count the number of things we stopped doing when we said we were gonna stop doing pretty much everything. But we've been stopping now. And in this space, we have had the freedom to think and dream and experiment and try new things. And our shift task force and our session and our committees have been using this time to listen to God and to listen to you and to discover new possibilities for tomorrow. To use the words of Jeremiah, we have been planting gardens and waiting to see what comes up. One of the things that we've been focusing on is developing a robust online ministry. We have recognized that there's a world of people out there who are seeking what we have. They are seeking God. They are seeking meaning. They are seeking support. And we want to find a way to connect with them and help them find what they need. And so we're going to develop an online ministry as part of our church ministry. And it's not going to be just about worship. It's going to be about growing disciples and meeting people where they are at. We've also, as I said, been talking to our local mission partners about what those partnerships might look like so we can have a bigger impact in our community and in people's lives so that we can more faithfully and effectively share God's love with others. I can guarantee you Those dreams and those conversations would not have happened without this pandemic. So in a really weird way, it's been something of a blessing for our church. You see, we realized somewhere along in these last six months that we had a choice. We could fight against the reality we find ourselves in. We can buck the rules in an attempt to force ourselves back into what we had before COVID hit. Or we can support each other. We can lift each other up. We can provide space for those who are seeking community. We can use this time to prepare for the future God has in store for us. Now, I don't know about you, but I know which of those two options gives me the most energy and makes me the most excited. One of the important messages from Isaiah is that this exile will not last forever, and that is good news. There will come a day where we don't have to wear masks when we see each other, where we can hug each other, where we can laugh and sing joyfully and freely and without concern. It's gonna be a wonderful day, but if we look at the experience of those who were in exile in Babylon, When they finally came home, they discovered the world looked different than it did when they left. In their case, it was because they returned to a city that had been literally razed to the ground and they had to rebuild from the very foundation stones a city in which to live. In our case, when we come back at the end of this pandemic, it's going to look different because we have learned a lot during this time of exile. We've learned things about worship that we're going to continue when we regather. We have learned and practiced new ways of doing education and fellowship and we're going to continue some of those. We have changed and improved how we care for each other. We're looking at new ways of connecting with new people, people who are seeking a spiritual base, and we're shifting our focus from providing services to others to inviting people to join us in serving others we're going to look different when we come back together we're still figuring out what that's going to be like but while there will be a lot that's the same there's also going to be some new things because god is doing new things among us even now shaping us forming us and preparing us for the future that is coming now i'll be honest that is a little bit scary because I know what the past was like. I know how to be in the past like you. I'm figuring out what the future is like and what that's gonna demand of me and of us as a church. I do know it's gonna take work, just like rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem took a ton of work, but it's exciting too. It's exciting that God can use even a global pandemic to prepare us for a future that touches more lives than we ever have before. So the word I have for you today while we are still in this exile of this pandemic is take heart. God is still with us and God tells us it is still possible to live full and joyful and meaningful lives even in the midst of exile. So know that one day this exile will be over as well and we will gather again. And know that when we do it will be a future that looks different from our past. So take heart, my friends, let us embrace this strange time we live in. Let us seek to live full lives right here, right now. Let us discover what God is doing among us and let us look to the future with hope. Thank you for joining us today for this week's A Critical Faith Podcast. To discover more about who we are as a church and and what we're about, how you can engage with us in worship.
1: Join us on Facebook at First Presbyterian Church, Lincoln, Nebraska.